Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers for our Loki coverage. You know, Jared, I think I speak for both of us when I say if we could pick anywhere in space and time to be, we would be right here delivering our Loki reviews. I'd say so as well. Yeah, this oh God, with this show is amazing. <laughs> it is, isn't right? it? Like, my goodness, how we're lucky well, it's, to It's to weird. We went, it's bizarre to me. We went from a pretty... I don't want to say low, low, but like a dip, a pretty major dip last week to such a high, high this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, you know, just talking about the Loki episode for a second, we, we will get into our, our full preview um, or our full review of it shortly, but this was probably my favorite episode of the show so far. I'd agree with that. It just had great humor, emotional highs for the series, I think. And some great twists. I mean, we, we kind of saw some of the twists coming, but they still made them impactful, I think. You're you're getting ready to cash all of your checks, I see. Oh, I'm going to cash all the receipts this week for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say your predictions are looking really good right now. I think so. I think so. It, it remains to be seen. We still have two episodes and it could, <laughs> things could get wacky. And we know they're getting wacky in the last in the in next week's episode i mean alligator loki <laughs> right like <laughs> we got loka gator loka gator i'm i'm <laughs> shocked that they haven't brought in luki the uh the the dog version of have you seen that no there's like a there's like an animal universe where um where there's like that's where like spider ham from into the spider verse comes from it's oh. like this marvel animal universe and like that's amazing um throg is probably yeah. like one of the most like known characters it's it's mm-hmm. thor the frog yep. and uh loki is actually luki and he looks like a little like goofy dog <laughs> that uh that exists in that universe so i guess maybe they're changing luki to an alligator in this one yeah which is a I little mean, odd seems like next week we're gonna get quite a few lokis so <laughs> you never know you never know um but you know before we get into our full Loki discussion just some quick housekeeping um so not only do we have episode five of Loki coming out this week but we actually are returning to theaters Black Widow releases in just a few days um we are recording a separate preview for that um so you'll notice we'll post two episodes this week both our episode four of Loki spoiler review and our preview for Black Widow um so you know check your feed wherever you get your podcasts and, and make sure to give a listen to the black widow preview and then next week we'll kind of be doing the same um with the review and and reaction to black widow and a separate episode for our episode five review and reaction for loki it's going to be a busy two weeks for us yeah i mean getting back to the theater is going to be really exciting i can't wait i mean you and i have our tickets for opening night for going thursday just can't wait to to see that and get back to back to theaters and see a marvel movie but yeah i mean outside of that um i think we should jump straight into our news let's do it hit some uh hit some of the topics this week so one of the one of the most interesting news stories i think that we've covered so far um and this was noticed very recently on disney plus but the wandavision post-credit scene um changed a bit so it looks like they added some trees in the shot um and maybe remove some snow, digitally edit the mountains a little bit. And I think 
some people had pointed out like the shadow that looks to be descending on the cabin uh, that Wanda is in. I, I guess full spoilers for WandaVision. We will talk a little bit about the the uh, post credit scene there. So it looks like there's some sort of shadow um, that's descending on the cabin, but I've seen someone on TikTok go back and kind of point to exactly where that quote-unquote shadow is coming from and it seems to just be kind of an editing mistake which is really interesting um but i think the the big picture here is this comes shortly after they wrapped filming on dr strange and the multiverse of madness so it would make sense if you know we revisit this cabin that's seen in the post credit scene in that movie and they wanted to make everything around it kind of line up but kind of interesting to see them go back and actually edit a scene to an already released uh, series. See, I, I, I mean, I think I sent you this whenever it first came out. And like when I saw it, I just I rolled my eyes because either it's an editing mistake. It's something that was cut out of like the original like cropping or like it's it's just to me, this is just it's such a minor detail that we're going back into the WandaVision territory of speculation of the tiniest detail means the entire MCU changes. And this, this kind of speculation gets on my nerves to no end. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to be blunt about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I understand. I think looking at the shadow and everything, I think that's BS. I, I really think it's just the only reason it changed the post credit scene at all was to match what we're going to see in multiverse of madness yeah there's no other reason i mean i don't think it's an an accident that this comes out on the heels of multiverse of madness wrapping filming but for somebody to go frame by frame and look and point it out and notice it and put it out on social media just seems like obsession to me like it's that's unhealthy yeah, I mean, I I understand that. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Raimi returns to a cabin in the woods uh, in Multiverse of Madness, trying to, to give a nod to all of his Evil Dead fans. But I don't know. To me, this just like, let's say it's a it's a nothing burger, but it just it just seems like it's being blown out of proportion online. So I I did a little digging, um, you know, in the Marvel Wiki, and I did find out that Mephisto has a master's degree in video production from ah. Harvard. Ah, okay. So, I mean, if anything, this this points to, you know, Mephisto not only infiltrating the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Disney Plus and the Disney Corporation itself, Mm -hmm. um, and subsequently the real world. And I think what we're really getting at is Mephisto is, you know, running all of our lives. Yes. Yes. TVA (laughs) has no bearance on our... Mephisto (laughs) is running the TVA. I think that's what we're going to get at. Oh, boy. And that... And that the TVA has now seeped into our everyday lives. As you have seen on TikTok, there's a trend of TVA agents going back and taking out Vine stars that did things correctly, if you haven't noticed. So Mephisto is, it has invaded our everyday lives. I think you're correct. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, just a little bit of of fun with that one. (laughs) I, I will clarify just before we get any angry comments or anything though all good press is good press all press yeah. is good press so if you want to get mad at us uh for lying to you about mephisto's video production degree <laughs> but just to clear the air um mephisto does not have a a master's degree in video production from harvard 
What's his master's degree in then? Um, no, it, he does have that, but it's from Cornell. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes more sense. I yeah. liked that. Yep. <laughs> it, that makes a lot more sense. Um, all right. So that's, uh, that's the first news story. Um, this next bit of news is something we kind of speculated on last week. But Kevin Feige did confirm that at the end of the Shang-Chi trailer, um, it actually is Wong that is fighting Abomination. Um, so we kind of only saw the back of him and speculated that it looked a lot like Wong, probably was Wong, and Feige said, yes, that is the case. <laughs> so does that mean the Sanctum is unguarded yet again? I don't know. It depends on it depends on when when this fight takes place. Because we know what happened the last time it was unguarded for 10 minutes. Did did they ever confirm if Wong was blipped or not? I don't I I don't think so. It was never it there I don't, it was never confirmed. It was only speculated if upon it, and I don't think it was ever confirmed. If it was confirmed, it probably would have been like in one of those scenes in Avengers when they're flashing some faces across the screen. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we knew that Sherry was snapped. Um but we'll we'll have to we'll have to dig on that one, but I would expect this scene to take place post Endgame because I think most of Shang Chi will, aside from his flashbacks for him as a youth. No, I believe it will take place post Endgame. I think, I think other than Black Widow, which we'll get into in our preview, that most of the uh, the MCU is going to take place after Endgame at this point. Right. Other than those handful that we speculated on last week, where they could be like prequels or like building some character development, mm-hmm. um, I think that we're going from post well technically post um far from home on from here on out yeah yep i would expect that to be the case so i wonder what wong is doing in this like presumably i mean it looks like it's a cage match right so it's some Mm -hmm. sort of tournament i wonder what he's doing there is he trying uh, we speculated last week about the, the 10 rings potentially being a prize or one of them um you almost wonder is he trying to just get them to protect something i don't the the circumstances that lead him to be in a cage match with abomination are just so <laughs> intriguing to me like i just need to know i need to know it, it, that whole film is going to be a wild ride it, it, so, the, the prize could be a tuna melt yes yes it'll be a tuna, tuna <laughs> wong, melt. wong wouldn't say no to a tuna melt and he meant he meant that <laughs> that's really what he's in the tournament for is for yeah. a tuna melt yes i like that <laughs> And we know, you know, Abomination, uh, I mean, he probably wouldn't say no to the tuna melt either, right? Right. No, Ross, I don't think Ross so. sent him there to, to get him a tuna melt. <laughs> oh, boy. So the third bit of news um, is something that was really disappointing to me. Um, so Marvel officially revealed the A line of toys from Spider-Man No Way Home. And it confirmed a few a few things. Um so spoilers for that. We will discuss it because it's officially been released by Marvel. Um, if it was just leaked, like we've seen some leaked set photos and stuff that we don't discuss. But, you know, we we will dip into um, officially released material. So spoilers for No Way Home. Um, in these toys, we see a few things that are interesting. Um, one of the Lego sets is set in the Sanctum. It looks to be some like magical lab um where spidey presumably is making his home while he's on the run um and then the the 
most interesting part of it is we got a glimpse at two of the new Spidey suits. So one looks to be almost like a hybrid of his typical one in the Iron Spider. Like it has mm-hmm. a big gold spider on it. Um, They're calling it the integrated suit. The integrated suit. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then the second one's kind of like a black and black and gold suit. Um, it looks like one of the ones that's in the Spider-Man video game. I can't remember the name of that one though. Um, but it's, what are the, do you know what they're calling that one? Is it just like black and yellow suit or something? Uh, that's what I'm scrolling through them right now. I'm kind okay. of like these, this is my first time seeing these two. So, okay. uh, they're calling that one just the black and gold suit. Black and gold. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they also Pittsburgh released setting confirmed. Yes. There is a, there is a comic of him <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, that's cool. And then, uh, they have the, uh, the webbed the black and red webbed uh suit from far from home yep. that is um they're just calling the upgraded suit yep turns out there is a there's a doctor strange one as well that's a bobblehead it's a little funko a bobblehead but it's him holding like with it with his um with like his ring I saw this but he's also holding a snow shovel yeah and he has snow boots on. and he has snow boots on like i would imagine there's some i mean this movie comes out around christmas time so there probably is some gag in there where you know he's like he's shoveling snow outside the sanctum (laughs) when when peter parker approaches him to look for help like i I think that'd be pretty funny i I would imagine that's what that's about (laughs) that's Um, pretty good but i mean it all kind of comes back to the fact that we haven't seen a trailer we've seen no material from it and then marvel just like hey here are the new suits that are in the movie it's Mm -hmm. like just give us the trailer like, I know Marvel doesn't control that. I don't think. I think it's all Sony um, as far as the trailer goes. So I don't know if this is them throwing shade at Sony being like, hey, we need to get our marketing ramped up for this or, <laughs> or you guys are in trouble. We're going to start throwing some of the toys we're, we're well, making no, out there. Well, knowing how Sony works, they'll they'll put out a trailer December 1st. Yeah, that spoils the whole plot. Yes. I do like but, that uh, we get a full-blown J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. We get a J. Jonah Jameson acting figure in this. Some of the toys they showed um, were recreations of some of the scenes from Homecoming and Far From Home as well. Okay. So I don't think that's any indication of seeing the Vulture or Mysterio in this movie. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think the toys that we've seen so far have kind of just been, you know, legacy sets. Um, They seem to use a lot of the set pieces from, from those movies, so I don't think that's any indication. But Nonetheless, I mean, it's interesting. One of the cool things I think to speculate about from these toys is the integrated suit almost looks to have some sort of magical element to it. Like it looks like there's some sort of magical blaster attached to it on one yeah. of the one of the toys. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. if that's what the integration means. Like the integrated suit is, you know, magic integration sorcery. That would be that would be quite a a change for Spidey, quite an upgrade, but I could see a lot of people being upset with that because there were a lot of people that didn't like how much of his suit came from Tony. Well, I think calling it the integration suit, if they do add a magical element to it, it'll be like a combination of all three suits that right. he's gotten between the the um, the one he made himself in Far From Home the iron spider and anything that steven strange gives him mm-hmm. i'm curious about this enough, black and gold suit though yeah me too i don't know and what the, the circumstances and the fact that, of it are gonna be 
and the fact that Mysterio and Vulture are in a few of these sets. Yeah, I think that's. I I do think that's only a combination of yeah pulling from the other two films, but you never know. There's there's one set that is specifically like has the Spider-Man Homecoming logo on it, mm-hmm. and it has Vulture, and then the Far From Home logo with Mysterio. I wonder, do um, we get any Morbius set up in this as well? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't think. I mean, so Morbius either. was supposed to come out before. Before this, yeah. Supposed it was supposed hey, to come out but, spring I mean, of last year. We, I think we started our our Morbius tease and Loki this week with the the vampires name drop. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so, and the blade tease yeah. as well. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that, but um, but yeah, with this uh, with this, it just ultimately is disappointing for me. Like, I don't want to <laughs> see these suits in toy form first. Like, I think they look cool. I would have just rather seen them in a trailer or preferably the movie just hold them under wraps i mean they have to do the marketing they have to sell these toys that's why they have them wear four suits in the movie like mm-hmm. to, like they want kids to buy all four of them so i mean right. i um and collectors to buy all four of them so i it's just ultimately disappointing to get this before trailer but what's really interesting is there's no reference to any multiverse shenanigans no there's nothing for toby mcguire andrew garfield's spidey if, nothing with um, what if though Alfred molina's doc ock the black and gold suit is either toby mcguire or andrew garfield that's that's a really possibility that is or yeah i i like that idea i like them making suits that look slightly different from our spider-man or is it a variation them, on miles's suit yeah that's almost what it looks like but i wonder if they you know they make these suits for andrew garfield and toby mcguire spider-man's spider-man um and have them kind of swing around the city while peter our peter parker is walking around so that he clears his name he's like no i'm not spider-man this guy's spider-man you know (laughs) yeah yeah um, that's interesting because i i i know you just said that they have to have four or five different suits so collectors and kids will buy up all different toys but like you could make an argument where you could have multiple suits in this one and have it make sense without like forcing it to be a, a marketing push yeah yeah, I mean, I, I trust that they'll still have it make sense regardless. They have in the past. Mm-hmm. Far from home, the two new suits made sense. Although yeah. you could argue like the stealth suit would have been needed if the, the action set piece was set during the day. <laughs> right. But um, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm interested. I, I would imagine before the end of this month, we're going to get a trailer. Um, it just seems like things are, are heading in that direction. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Happy birthday to us if it drops like that last weekend of July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our uh, our birthdays are just a few days apart at the end of July, so <laughs> we'll be we'll be celebrating. All right, that's about it for the news this week. Um, so stay tuned to our uh, our Black Widow episode that's going to be coming out later. Um, we'll have all the the preview and coverage of that. Um, you know, in a separate episode, there's since we're recording that on the same week, there's not going to be any news associated with that. So this is kind of our, our news for the week. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. All right, Jared, let's, let's dive right into our discussion of episode four of Loki, the Nexus event. Mm -hmm. So, uh, episode four of Loki, the Nexus event was again, directed by Kate Heron. And this one was written by Eric Martin. Uh, this was his first major writing credit. 
uh, other than one or two shorts that he had, had written and directed himself. Uh, but Eric Martin had been a production coordinator on Community for one episode. Uh, he was a production assistant on Rick and Morty for four episodes, and he was a writer's assistant on Ties That Bind for 10 episodes. It was a, like a one-season, 10-episode show from what I, I had researched. Uh, and, and just for some uh, background, I, I looked into like the difference between a production coordinator and a production assistant. Um, just to kind of give some inside baseball whenever I mention any of these positions, uh, production coordinator basically uh, coordinates any production assistants and basically runs the production offices during either an episode or a season or a movie. Uh, while things are being filmed, they're the ones that coordinate with the crew to make sure everything is running smoothly and works with within different departments. And the production assistant basically just runs errands for the production, whether it's coffee runs or uh, making sure things are working smoothly and properly. Um, and the writer's assistant basically just does office duties for those that are in the writer's room, room whether it's typing up um, ideas that were kind of brainstorm during the day or typing up notes for the writers uh then things of that nature uh, i will say just as an aside the uh, the community episode that he was a coordinator on was a completely animated episode called gi jeff where the whole episode was basically a parody of gi the old gi joe cartoons <laughs> i need to finish community <laughs> i think that was in the seat I forget which season that was in. If that was in season four, that's a shame. Because I'm going to okay. tell you to skip season four. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to skip any seasons. Of yeah, shows you do, if I you, watch them. <laughs> you do need to finish Community. It's yeah, it's great. What a what a promotion here for for Eric Martin, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I mean this this seems to be a uh, a good elevation for him. I think this episode is extremely well written. Yeah, very, very, very much. So diving right into the plot. Um, <laughs> There's a lot I'll to cash, dive into. Here. Cash this receipt right off the bat. Young yep. Sylvie taken by the TVA. Um, we see the moment she was taken. Not mm-hmm. much of what leads up to that. We're meant to assume it's because she's the goddess of mischief, but it seems like there was something else. That's what um, we see her. We see her playing with toys right as she's taken. Mm-hmm. Um and what what were you gonna say before I go? I mean, it's 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 implied that it's because she just exists alone. That Sylvie, as right. the quote goddess of mischief, exists. That she is not Loki, the quote god of mischief. That she has upset the sacred timeline because of her existence alone. And I mean, I, I know I made this joke before, but like. I have a great feeling you're going to be cashing another receipt next week mm-hmm. with your with the reveal of who's behind the TVA because I think he, if it is Chain Loki, he knows what Sylvie can do. Mm-hmm. In that case, yeah. And what I what I think about this is as she's playing with her toys, she's starting to play out a scenario where. You know, there's this dragon and the Valkyries ride in to save it. So mm-hmm. I almost wonder if in in that timeline, once she has that moment playing with her toys, she's destined to go down like a heroic path and maybe join the Valkyries or become mm-hmm. more of a heroic and less of like a mischievous character. And that's something that whoever's controlling the TVA doesn't want as an outcome. That's a mm-hmm. danger to whatever outcome they're trying to get. So they classified that as a Nexus event, and that was the moment they took her. Um, 
is we'll kind of see, we'll talk about the full scene later, but there is a point where Loki asks Sylvie what she did to be taken by the TVA. And she says, I was born the goddess of mischief. And it eventually that just became a problem. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't right off the bat or she would have been taken from birth or her parents would have, but um, yeah, it must've been something in that moment. I, I'm starting to think, and this is kind of one of the central questions we laid out this week. What, what are Nexus events? <laughs> like our only definition of them has come from the TVA. So I don't trust it inherently. Is and it's, it just, it's, I think it's implied it's, in WandaVision what they are, but it's never fully described yeah. that she is just a Nexus being that creates another reality. And I think if we take kind of the, the definition that WandaVision infers and combine it with what we're giving here in this series it's kind of a, a, a it's obviously a mix of the two but um it's basically it's an event that would create an alternate timeline or create another reality i i know I, at this point we know the tva is complete bs but by their definition a nexus event would be something that causes another reality Right. Okay. And I think I think their definition of a nexus event is something that causes a reality that they don't want. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, let's yeah. go a little bit further on that. You're right, right, right. That's the TVA's definition. So they're only but I, I kind of question we'll get to it in a bit, as I keep saying, but I kind of question what the nexus event is when Loki and Sylvia are together on Lamentus. And we'll we'll get to that and talk about it. Um, I would argue that's a legit Nexus event, though. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So this scene of Sylvie going through the TVA in the same way that our Loki did just plays out so much differently than Loki going through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like a scared child who doesn't know yeah. what what in the world What's is going, going on. on. Like it's way more intimidating, way, way scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought they, they played that really well. And we get to see Renslayer um, as uh, a hunter, which is interesting. We had kind of theorized that she, uh, I mean, we definitely know she knows more than she lets on, but I, I had thought she would have been in the position of the judge, the position of the judge um, her entire time at the TVA or her entire existence. But it seems like there's some sort of promotion path um, for them. I don't know if they have multiple judges, if what happens to a judge when they, are demoted or replaced like i don't know i have questions about that that's pretty it's kind of interesting yeah yeah you have a point there that it sets up this whole world of um this whole bureaucratic world that we don't we we're just kind of like given bits and pieces of that we kind of have to infer what happens and i have to Mm -hmm. assume that in in a very strict rigid bureaucratic process like this that Anybody who either gets demoted or wants to, quote, retire or leave just ends up getting pruned in the end. Your your, your function has now basically been served. We no longer need you. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you just kind of wonder why other agents, maybe there's mind wiping involved in it and they don't remember other judges. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm very curious because... I didn't consider the idea that there would be a promotion path. I, I kind of figured the timekeepers put people in specific positions 
and that's all that person did like they're like worker bees right mm-hmm. like i don't know i, I mean I, that's how it kind of sounded like it sounded like it was laid out that way from the beginning the way it was described that everybody right. has a role exactly so i i'm i'm curious to see how that plays out i think we're going to kind of find out after by the end of this series by just kind of watching what happens to Renslayer by mm-hmm. the end of it um Interesting little Easter egg here. Renslayer's hunter designation is um, A23, and Avengers 23 was the first appearance of the character of Ravonna Renslayer. Oh, really? Yep. Also the first appearance of, uh, uh, maybe not the first appearance, but Kang was also very prominent in that story. I mean, we, huh. it. I don't think that's a hint towards Kang because no. that designation, you know, for her is meaningful. So, Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, just kind of an interesting little little easter egg there but um speaking of renslayer we cut back to her in the golden elevator heading up to the timekeepers and she looks terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that makes me wonder if she, when she gets to the top they they're still there and we kind of get our first glimpse of them and they're it's the full theatrical <laughs> like you you Something seemed off from the beginning. Yeah. As soon as you see them, like there's, there's something wrong here. Like it's, it's fair to us. It's fairly obvious that yeah, we can only see like their eyes, but like the theatricality of it is so overdone and so overproduced that like, yeah, I it's can't see anybody buying this. It, it, it definitely is the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and uh, I, I just wonder because by the end of the episode. Renslayer didn't seem that surprised that the timekeepers were androids. So I don't know if she went up there and actually met with who was behind the curtain or um, whether they keep that kind of theatrical persona out there when she's up there. I mean, it's it's possible she was more afraid of who was behind the curtain and she knows. Yep. Could very well be the case. Um, So, I mean, whatever position she's in, I don't think she has that much power. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. All right. So we get uh, we get back to Lamentus One, and we see um, some heartfelt moments between Loki and Sylvie, um, and you know, intercut with Mobius kind of monitoring the the time stream for anything that is a variance that they could then locate Loki and Sylvie. So the moment that they see the variants is when Loki and Sylvie kind of touch their arms and hold hands. Um, and there is a, a quote unquote nexus event that we see on the, the monitors. Back it at the it like it rapidly approaches rockets <laughs> to the red line. Um, so <laughs> whatever happened there is a massive threat to the timekeepers and my theory on this is the only way they can overthrow the timekeepers and prevent that reality is by coming together. Yes. So it's almost like yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy that they're monitoring this event. Right. They see the event. If they would have just let it go, they would have died. Right. But the, the time stream dictates that they're going to go in and grab them because now they know where they're at, but they've already formed that connection. Mm-hmm. So now that started the path to unravel the reality that the timekeepers didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's You're like, right. it's a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> I can it definitely I, is. Yeah. You but have like, to kind of assume that's what the event was, right? Like that they made a connection. Right. I, and I took it as like, he started falling for her and, 
And immediately my first thought was how narcissistic do you have to be <laughs> to literally fall in love with yourself? Are you and, sound like Mobius. I know. And it, it literally, that thought was like explained in the next like 30 minutes. That, yeah. Like he outright said it. I'm like, I called it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when it happened, I was like, are they going there? <laughs> like, okay. I mean, if they were ever going to do this with a character, this Loki's is the character, the to character to do it with. Yeah. And I, I mean, it makes sense within the narrative of the show too, because we have, you know, his journey in this show is to be able to appreciate himself and understand his true self. So mm-hmm. what better way to do that than having him fall in love with himself? Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we, we got one look from Sylvie in that scene that kind of reciprocated it, but I don't think we've fully seen if it's more one-sided at this point. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> I know you just said that it created a paradox for the timekeepers to not let them die, but like it only like it, that is a legit like nexus event that like every time travel story has dealt with. Like, what if you were introduced to your past self? I mean, I mean, Back to the Future like revolved completely around that. Yeah, <laughs> of Marty of Marty's mom falling in love with him. So like. Are you saying Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) But like that that legitimately is a Nexus event in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I would definitely be on the watch out for if like time travel were a real thing. Yeah, definitely. Um so immediately after this connection's made, the TVA comes and scoops them up. Uh, Mobius is not having it from Loki. He's mm-hmm. he's betrayed. You know, <laughs> one one of the best lines of the episode is um, they were talking about what kind of god Loki. Uh, they were talking about what kind of god Loki is, and <laughs> Mobius was like, "I've been thinking a lot about what kind of god you are, and I think you're just kind of an asshole." <laughs> I, I thought that was such a such a great line. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess that that yeah. does sum up the Loki that we've seen to this point, right? Like, he's not really mischievous; he's kind of just a jerk. <laughs> so, um, pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. So then they throw him into that that uh, bad memory prison as. Yeah. As he said, we did we did a nice little cameo that I don't think anybody expected from Lady no. Sif. Nope, Jamie Alexander returning. Yeah, um, good to see her back. Definitely, I actually after looking this up, I um, saw she's confirmed to return in Thor: Love and Thunder as well. I did see that. So hopefully, Taika doesn't treat her like the Warriors Three. <laughs> I don't think so. I I think I think he likes he likes that character, and I feel like like fans love that character in general. The yeah. Warriors three in general just were pretty boring. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this, yeah, it was awesome to see her again. I mean, I was really happy. Um, interesting thing, and I, I know this because you know I've read um, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually read that after playing uh, God of War. I know you're playing through that right now, yeah. but um, I read it after that, and this this situation that loki and sif are in is directly from norse mythology not oh, really Neil diamonds but yeah. um you know actual norse mythology yeah. um there's a story where loki shaves uh sif's head off <laughs> and basically oh. like cuts all of her hair and they go to um i don't remember if it's actually nidavellir 
in Norse mythology, but he basically goes to the dwarves to make her like locks of of gold, locks of steel. Oh, um, Thor does. So it actually is the first time that the dwarves crafted anything for the Asgardians, and eventually led to the creation of Mjolnir. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of cool huh. to to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're interested in Norse mythology, I'd highly recommend Neil Gaiman's um, Norse mythology. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of cool neat uh easy way to digest it you know it's not the original text by any means but i'm i'm i haven't touched god of war in a few weeks uh maybe i'll get back on that kit here soon but maybe i'll follow in your footsteps and read that after i'm done yeah it's uh, interesting. i'm in the middle of reading quentin tarantino's novelization of once upon a time in hollywood right now so oh, cool. i'm gonna save that for, i'll save uh, norse mythology for after that mm-hmm. good choice um so yeah this cameo was good not only for the you know seeing sif again but just the <laughs> the visceral way that she kicks loki every <laughs> single time the loop restarts um right after saying you're alone and always will be right like that uh, the first time loki kind of brushed it off but after like the eighth time or seventh time or whatever it was like you can see it start to hit home that mm-hmm. like he like legitimately breaks down and starts to apologize for what he's done mm-hmm. and then she still says it again after like just kind of slapping him across the face yep. on that last like brushes his shoulders off and like slaps him and says you're still you're alone and always will be in it like really makes it sink in that he's not a not a fun person to be not he's not as great as he thinks he is yep definitely um well we we don't know exactly how long loki was in there but he does get brought up eventually um and mobius is ready to interrogate him um and this is where loki just out of frustration reveals to mobius um that everyone in the tva is a a variant Mm -hmm. and you can see a clock on on owen wilson's face on mobius's face i thought he did a really really good job here Mm -hmm. and as soon as he said that he he denies it and says you know basically like that's blasphemy you know but you can see it in his face that he believes it <laughs> right because this happened right after he was um you know talking to renslayer about um hunter c20 i'm like hey i want to talk mm-hmm. to her and renslayer said no she's dead she couldn't speak a word and which i didn't buy that at all no Just not immediately that nope some she's off somewhere or they they pruned her and um she's just in another reality which we'll get to at the end of this but mm-hmm. um she's not dead yeah completely agreed and i um i very much loved how you could see this in mobius's face like he believed mm-hmm. loki but he denied it like he has to you have to take your time and process when your entire reality is shattered <laughs> um but yeah, it wasn't as heartbreaking as we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of accepted it with open arms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll kind of see the fallout of it. His pruning was heartbreaking. <laughs> Before oh, we knew we'll, exactly we'll, what was going we'll, on, we'll, we'll get to that in we'll a get second. To that. Um, but the other the other kind of half of this conversation was when Mobius told Loki that Sylvie had been pruned already. And Loki just kind of loses it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's devastated um, in a way that I don't think we've seen him before. Um, and Mobius knows that he's in love with himself and calls him out kind of in the same way that you did. Like, 
he makes fun of like Sylvie's name. He was like, how do you spell that? Is it with an I or a Y? Or, <laughs> um, and I, I just thought it was great. Um, but it, it's very interesting to see Loki pursue somebody, I guess. <laughs> so in intercut um, between this in, interrogation and, and kind of Loki being in the time loop, we get a scene where Hunter B-15 um, played, we, we haven't mentioned this yet, but I, I think it's worth mentioning because of this scene, played by um, Wunmi Mosaku, goes in to visit Sylvie, and she's starting to question things because of the enchantment she was under. She evidently saw her past life in the same way that C-20 did, and she's asking Sylvie about it. She took a temp pad, and they basically go back to the um, rocks cart center mm-hmm. to stand outside and where the TVA can't find them because they're in an apocalypse still. And she asks Sylvie to show her past life again and basically enchant her. Um, what I thought was going to happen here is I expected us to cut into her past life and see it, but we got to watch it from the outside and watch mm-hmm. her reaction as she was in that. And I thought that was so powerful. I thought that was much more effective than yes. actually seeing it. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it was just just to watch her process that with the rain coming down. I thought like mm-hmm. she did a, a phenomenal job getting that reaction across. And Sylvie even looks upset and emotional about it. You know, like she I think she at the end of the day she feels for these people because they have been taken. Like they mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mind washed. They're they're and brainwashed. She, they and they I mean, don't know. She's she's been in that position. Oh, she was almost in that position. Position, so she understands like what it can do. Exactly. exactly. So of course she's empathetic toward toward these people and doesn't want to hurt them. She wants to free them. Yep, absolutely. So it it's just very heartbreaking. I definitely wanted to call out the the name of the actress that plays B fifteen because. I thought she really has done a great job in this series and especially in this scene um, being one of the more powerful scenes, I think, in the show to this point. So after um, after seeing the B-15 and Sylvie interaction, um, we get kind of another private meeting between Mobius and, and Renslayer in her office. So Mobius is poking around, asking questions he probably shouldn't. Renslayer is dodging him. He's when she walks away, he switches her temp pad, takes hers. And I think in in this scene, we really saw that Renslayer knew a lot more than she was letting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's trying to act um, not cordial. Um, she's trying to act like what they just did with Loki and Sylvie is just another ordinary case. Like, it's just... It's just another day at the office and like he has questions about like what is going on and like why aren't you letting me talk to Sylvie or what really happened to C20 and she like just keeps dodging him. So um, at this point, he obviously knows that she knows. And in this, I mean, in this scene, like we're seeing this all from Mobius's perspective, obviously. So yep. when you're right, this is where we start to catch on that she actually knows more because she's is asking him like where anywhere in time would you want to go just like water cooler talk and he says well i can go anywhere in in time like why are you dodging the question Uh (laughs) uh-huh yep and then once she starts asking him questions he starts dodging yeah (laughs) 
Yep. And then he plays like he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I've had too many. Like, <laughs> which <laughs> is funny because we had the um, earlier scenes of her talking about all the rings she leaves on his table because he's always in there drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, so he was like, you know, oh, um, well, I think I'm drunk. Like, I was just, you know, I'm tired. I got to head out after he swapped the pads. So, um, yeah. And I think that was a bold move by by mobius doesn't really pay off for him in the end but might pay off overall it might but then uh, but then he goes to the library and like watches and finds c20's file on her 10 pad mm-hmm. watches her interrogation where she's keeps saying like it was real like i know what what i saw i exactly. was exactly i was in that memory and you see Renslayer off in the corner like yep shutting the camera off so i mean that, that just confirms that she knows more than yeah. she's leading she on. knows their variants right like, or either that or she's so like brainwashed in the belief of it which i don't think this is the case but i'll just throw it out there because she's so brainwashed in the belief of it that she thinks c20 is like a heretic or something you know what i mean i don't i don't based on what happens later in the episode i don't think that's the case i agree i agree um just wanted to throw that out there because that was kind of a thought i at this point this was a thought i had while watching the episode that's fair but yeah i think i don't think that's the case yep um and she does seem to care about mobius too right like she mentions she wants to protect him and mm-hmm. um i think she just wants him to not have to get pruned because she knows that once they get too far in the line of questioning they get pruned right that's probably what happened to the judge above her yeah probably like he he either protected the status quo for too long and started to shake the balance up a bit i don't know I do not know. Um, So Mobius right after this goes back to Loki um, and breaks him out. And he has a great line saying, you can be anything you want, even something good. Right. Like what a good line. Oh yeah, he does. That was a really, really good line. That is a good line. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't know who would tell you otherwise when he basically did tell Loki otherwise. (laughs) Gets a big smile from Loki. Um, And then the next scene was really tough. Just coming out of the, out of the time loop jail um, and Renslayer's right there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think they could have written this scene any better. I mean, we talked about Eric Martin having not much uh, writing credits beforehand. I think this scene was really good with mm-hmm. the lines. They decided to give Mobius right before you get to pruned and saying, but he knows right. Oh, away I thought what's... I knew I could go anywhere. If I could go anywhere, I'd want a jet ski, you know, mm-hmm. like I was like, Oh man. And then she just, says prune him Mm -hmm. and the look of horror on loki's face like he definitely cared about mobius okay here's my thing i I don't buy it i don't i i I wasn't as emotionally upset that he was gone on this one i don't think he's gone so i don't i don't think he is either based on the end of the episode based on the end of the episode and also based on the fact that i had like last like two weeks ago when i was doing some research on the show i'd seen that owen wilson is slated for five episodes oh no six. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean imdb spoiled that for me but like well, that's the entire series right because yeah six episodes episode and he was in episode three so like we have two <laughs> more episodes with him and i am convinced yeah. based on the end of the this episode that that 
Mobius is now in what I am calling the WOW or the or wow the world of Wilson's, where he shows up in all of Lightning McQueen, Jedediah from Night at the Museum, Drillbit Taylor, and John Beckwith from Wedding Crashes are standing right in front of him, and like we we now have the world of Wilson's in the MCU. I I hope we I know we're not going to actually get that spelled out for us. But if we find that he went to a world where there were other Mobiuses, that's my head cannon. <laughs> right. Like that's they're all variations of Owen Wilson. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. The fact that it's world of Wilson. Yep. Uh, we need it. Anyway. <laughs> we Loki no- and Sylvie. Go ahead. But no, I, seriously though, um, I, I didn't buy that um, that Mobius was gone. Also, because I know Disney likes to over dramatize their main characters dying. Yeah. So it just felt like in this case where she, where Renslayer just says prune him, and like he just dissipates in front of everybody without it, without hesitation. That it just it didn't feel like what Disney does. Yeah, I mean, I I mostly I can get emotional in the moment, yeah. even knowing things are going to be reversed, just based on like the characters in the show don't know that, you know, yeah. like Loki doesn't know that for so from his perspective, like putting myself in his shoes and feeling his reaction to that, mm-hmm. I think is, is the emotion there for me. Okay. But it's, oh, it, I know just the line of, <laughs> I would go on a jet ski. <laughs> the last thing you hear. Yeah. It is setup. a little heart wrenching. That's, that's the last thing you, he says before he's gone yeah. or like, as he's being pruned, that's the last thing you hear. Right. From him. Yep, yep. Um, so Loki and Sylvie go to meet the timekeepers escorted by Renslayer, and she takes them up alone, which I thought was interesting. And I wondered, is this just because the other agents don't get to see the timekeepers? I thought maybe there was going to be some sort of like double agent reveal for Renslayer in that mm-hmm. elevator for a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we got in that elevator was great. Um, yeah. Sylvie asking what her Nexus event was, and Renslayer... <laughs> The the look on her face, just uh, the smirk. <laughs> she was like, I don't remember. Like, she took such pleasure in saying that, even though she definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> we saw her remembering the that exact moment at the beginning of the episode. But, oh, man. Ooh. And that just broke Sylvie, it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> that was cruel. That was really, really cruel. It was. <laughs> Like it was so insignificant that I didn't care to remember it. Oh boy. Um, but then we get up to the timekeepers and there they are. And this is the most wizard of Oz thing that I've seen since the wizard of Oz. Yes. (laughs) I watching it. I'm like, I didn't, I did not expect there to be physical timekeepers like Android or otherwise. Right. Right. Like, so I'm looking at them and I'm like, is it actually just the timekeepers? Like, is that it? And there I'm like, three actual the CGI beings? looks so bad. I was and like, that, they and... look so like, the one looks like the Lorax, like the, the way I they know, were moving. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a giant mustache. Yeah. Like, that's, that's Lorax. I could barely, like they had like you can't understand effects. them. Yeah, I had really, I had to turn the subtitles on to understand them. <laughs> and then they're like, like the way that they're like only their upper bodies are moving and the way that their arms move, it looks mm-hmm. so like Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, what's going on? 
Well, there was a this is weird. There was a recap of this episode I saw where they knew right away it was fate just because of the animation quality. They're like, yeah. Disney would not put something like this out. Yeah. <laughs> For these mystical beings that they build up over like half the season. <laughs> yeah. So it, it looked weird and very intentionally so. Um, they also said that this is the most Doctor Who-esque episode based on that alone, where it just, it yeah. just had the really wonky CGI yeah. in places. Yep. <laughs> um, I like that they revealed definitively that the timekeepers are fake. Yes. So, I mean, I guess before we get that, we, we have a scene there talking to Loki and Sylvie. Um, Hunter, Hunter B-15 comes up again. Um, and there's basically a fight, Sylvie and Loki versus the the TVA mm-hmm. um, and Hunter B-15 mm-hmm. um, on the side of Loki and Sylvie. And eventually, after defeating some of the um, grunts, the TVA grunts, <laughs> um, Sylvie decapitates one of the timekeepers and the head is basically an, it's basically an animatronic. Um, what's interesting here is they laugh like they start to laugh as she decapitates it almost like hey uh-huh. we got you like ha, ha, ha. like not that concerned about it mm-hmm. um so now we know definitively the timekeepers are fake right i'm as- wondering now why do they even have the physical forms probably <laughs> like, did- why do they have the android just like why did they want loki and sylvie up there why do they need I don't I, don't, I I think it was all to keep the rest of the TVA in line. Like I, I don't guess, but like if like, no I don't one think else they, is supposed to go up there. I don't think aside. they expected it. I don't think they expected things obviously didn't expect things to go the way it, they did and they accidentally created a self-fulfilling prophecy by um by their hubris kind of getting the best of them and wanting to watch Sylvie die after all the trouble that she has caused them yeah. over the years. So instead of just letting her die in the apocalypse, like they probably should have in order to continue on their power trip. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that they, they only had, they, they wanted to make an example of these two of both Loki and Sylvie and kind of bring them before the timekeeper saying if you go this far out of line like we'll, we'll prune you but we're going to do it in front of everybody yeah that makes do, sense do you get what i'm saying yeah and almost the, like we we need to make a show of this because right. we yeah you've but it backfired on them in the end yeah that's what i'm wondering though did it <laughs> or are things playing out the way that they want to, because they're still, I mean, they laughed as Sylvie decapitated the one, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. they were like, like the other two that didn't get decapitated were laughing. Like, I I just don't know whoever orchestrated this and we still don't have an answer. And I think it's clever to reveal that it's all fake and give Mm -hmm. us some time to speculate, even though we were doing that anyways. I just, I I just wonder about it. I don't know. Something, (laughs) I think things aren't as cut and dry as to say this was unexpected for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I think whoever is pulling the strings is still doing that to an extent, but I just Possibly. don't know what, I don't know what the end game is for King Loki or Kang or whatever <clears throat> we end up getting. Um, And we might get some answers because Sylvie 
as we end this episode is has a uh, baton to Renslayer asking her for answers um, shortly after Renslayer. Given how the all of these Disney Plus series have gone so far, <clears throat> next week being the penultimate episode, well, this coming week, I should say, being the penultimate episode, it we're going to get all of our answers this week. And then the next week, the final of the finale is just going to be a huge battle yeah in one way or another but if, if we're following a formula here that's True. how it goes yeah well i mean we spoilers for falcon the winter soldier we we did not find out who the power broker was until the last episode jared <laughs> we didn't figure that out in episode three no one figured that out <laughs> when sharon carter was introduced what are you talking about <laughs> Um, but absolutely <laughs> nobody saw that coming yeah um so loki as he's about to confess his love for sylvie um gets pruned and at that moment you're like okay pruning's not permanent right <laughs> it, it could have gone two ways either pruning's not permanent or they're truly like having sylvie be the main character of the show the rest of the way which i didn't think was going to happen it could have been a possibility it, that the thought ran, ran through my mind too for mm-hmm. a second and then i thought no yeah <laughs> no wait a minute <laughs> and luckily and i'm very happy they did this they gave us a post-credit scene this time um and what a doozy it was it was a good it was a doozy um it was good because they confirmed that loki did not die he asks if he's in hell um, if you, this is an Easter egg I did not find by myself, but if you turn the subtitles on, he asks if he's in hell with one L referring mm-hmm. to like the, the Norse hell, right. which I thought was funny. Um, but they confirmed he's alive, which is good because that cliffhanger of him being pruned isn't that big of a cliffhanger. I think if they left it with that, it's like, okay, I mean, most likely he's coming back, right? Like there's still scenes from the trailer that we haven't seen in the show yet oh there's a like, lot we haven't seen from like the trailer the president, the president loki. loki the the Which, loki on i mean <laughs> <laughs> we know how we're gonna see president loki now right <laughs> right um i mean even the loki in asgard like we haven't seen that yet that that was in yeah. some of the trailers right um i wonder if that's the your where your chain loki theory is coming true could it could um so back to the post-credit scene for a sec. We get a shot that very much mirrors the end of Avengers One. Yep. <laughs> um, so much so that they actually use some of the Avengers score in it. I'll do that. If didn't, you go back and listen, on that. yeah, the <laughs> intro right before the um, the kind of like crescendo of it all, um, they play a, some of the some of the lead into the big like blah moments of the theme. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Loki's on the ground, just like he was in Avengers 1. He looks up, and there's a team above him. Only this time, it's a uh, team of Lokis. And <laughs> they're credited as Boastful Loki, Classic Loki, and Kid Loki. And he's not credited, well, but Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki. There's a lot to, yeah. there's a lot to go on here. <laughs> uh, let's, just, let's, let's start with Classic Loki here for a second. Just, into the Loki-verse. Into the Loki-verse. Because, like... And it, not to mention, it's in New York City. Like, if you look in the background, Avengers Tower uh-huh. slash Stark Tower at the time is like is is off to the right of Classic Loki, and it looks like a, like a torn down New York City skyline. Um, 
but yeah, let's let's start with classic Loki for a second. We we finally did our, our Richard E. Grant um character. We yes. uh, I mean I when you kept talking about Teen Loti, I assumed he was going to be a Teen Loti esque character, like an older Loti. But we holy right. hell, <laughs> holy hell, this costume. They, they went full on classic Loti, and I I give it looks like he's uh, going like, trick-or-treating in Westview, huh? Yes. <laughs> like this it is a full on like pulled out of the comets, bright green, bright gold, long horns. It's just like fabric. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> just like random, like like they made it like with stuff from Michaels. <laughs> Joanne Fabric I, Loki, that's what should have been credited as. <laughs> I wonder though, like, is this is he really a Loki or is he just like a cosplayer that Oh my god, that would be <laughs> that'd that be even funnier. Really cool. I highly doubt it, but that would be really funny. <laughs> I know they put I know they put him as classic, but like what if he is just cosplayer Loki? <laughs> or it's Loki that went to like a convention as himself, like 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 <laughs> cos, as cosplayed himself. <laughs> and a, got, that very... was that was his Nexus event, like he cosplayed <laughs> himself. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> Oh, but that, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. So my, I'm going to put this theory out here so I can okay. just cash in on it later. Okay. What if it actually is this King Loki? It's possible. But he's on this area. He is the one that speaks. We hear Richard E. Grant's voice. And I've heard mm-hmm. people say that they hope that he's also voicing the alligator Loki and that's who talked. <laughs> um, but he was the voice that we heard um, say, you know, basically come with me if you want to live (laughs) yeah but um what if it still is king loki this is the exact one the classic loki that is in charge of the entire tva and he's he's kind of there keeping tabs on loki and dresses like a buffoon to (laughs) kind of keep suspicion away from him it's possible i don't i really really do not think that's the case i think it mostly was like I think the Richard E. Grant casting was to make people like us speculate that he was some like all powerful Loki. <laughs> and, you know, it, at, at this point, it's probably, if there's a King Loki, it's either going to be another Loki played by Richard E. Grant or another Loki played by Tom Hiddleston. I think it's going to be Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a, there's that one shot in the trailer of like, thor era loki in the full garb standing in front of odin's throne and i feel like if we're going off of your theory that is really king loki in this case yep um and they just kind of threw that in there not expecting people to go to assume that there is an all-powerful loki coming and it was just like a flashback of some sort or right it, it was him going to asgard again but i think it's going to be it has to be tom hiddleston if we're really going with the the whole idea of loki learning to accept himself for who he is he almost has to he has to face himself tom hiddleston mm-hmm. has to face himself in order for that to work yeah yeah and i think i will say this now i don't think things are pointing towards kang being the bad guy at this no point. i would not get your hopes up for that i think now, I think like post credit for the series, I think there's Maybe. a chance to get like a Renslayer Kang scene and start to set some of that stuff up. I don't think he's in charge of the TVA. No. Um, 
or even and, if it's even if it's just her reaching out to someone and we don't even have to hear her voice we just have to hear her talking to somebody off screen and like mm-hmm. it's kind of implied who that is yeah yep um and i think you know theorizing about who's in charge of the tva one of the central questions that we've been asking is it possible that we don't find out in this series in this season is it possible this is a longer running mystery that's the only way i could see it being kang if it if it's played out past the series yeah i i think you're right it is kane i don't think that's the case though they they've played this they've kind of implied or played up this mystery for too much in this season to just let her go to another cliffhanger yeah to, to end it on just i mean who knows if the i'm assuming the ratings are high and disney can see that people are watching the show but i don't know if who knows if a second season of this is going to get made we don't know how this is going to, right. to end so it, it could very well be this is a six episode run it's a limited series cut it off it's done we don't need to revisit this anymore for yeah. whatever reason but I mean, we had talked about in the preview how this show could possibly lend itself to like a monster of the week type of deal yep. or an actual Disney version of Doctor Who. But I don't know. I'm enjoying this for what it is. Like, I, I almost don't want it to come back if it if the story ties off nicely of we get a full character arc for this version of Loki coming to uh, coming to fruition of who he really is, solving his identity crisis. And we can just move on from there. I, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to revisit this then. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. <clears throat> I think if if it is King Loki behind the scenes, I I think there's the definite possibility that the TVA is extremely Loki centric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they've mentioned he's the variant they bring him the most, but is there a chance that literally all the variants that they keep? are Loki. I think that would undercut a lot of the emotional. I think so too. And I know you joked about that in our preview that, <laughs> yeah. that the TVA was set up to catch other Lokis, but I don't think that's the case because yeah. we, I mean, we saw, <laughs> I mean, we saw the, um, a few other variants kind of brought in uh, other than either Sylvia or Loki in the background and get either pruned or like just carried off. So I don't think that it's just Lokis that are rounding up. That would I would be sorely disappointed if that were the case. Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. But it would be kind of a neat way to make this massive, like multiversal story, like kind of boil down to just one person, which is what would be like wild and a kind of a cool little feat. But I, I agree with you in the end on that. Um, so speaking about the background of this this scene. Oh, we still run through the other two. Oh gosh, we didn't. <laughs> so uh yeah, so we 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 had it we went on a rant about Rich D. Grant and, and uh cosplay classic Loki there for a second. Um we mentioned alligator Loki. We also get boastful Loki, who is played by Deobia Opere. I recognized him at first and I couldn't think of why. He was in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but he was Ario Hota. He was the bodyguard for Doran mm. Doran Martell. Okay. Yeah, I, I it I had to look at his IMDb to realize who he was, but like, um, 
there was something else he was in. Oh, and he was in Sets Education as well. The uh the show that Kate Heron directed. Mm, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I I genuinely genuinely thought that was a variation of Thor at first. Me too. But like he was holding the hammer, like yeah. he had the the stinned rug around him, he had the beard, like that it, it threw me off at first when, until I saw him as uh, boastful Loki. Right. Um yep. so I'm curious to see where they go with him on this. But I, I think one of the one of the bigger ones to speculate on is Jack Veal as kid Loki. Definitely. <laughs> you do you want to do you want to go into why? Yeah, I mean it's another character that's been associated with young Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of groundwork they have to cover to have that happen. (laughs) Um, In the MCU at least, but you could definitely see another character that they're just planting the seeds with, you know, like this is what Marvel does best. They drop these little things throughout there and sometimes they pick them up. Sometimes they don't, but you know, they've introduced Kid Loki, so if they have a uh, Young Avengers story that wants to use Kid Loki, they can definitely do that now, right. which is cool. And I mean, I was doing some research into into Kid Loki, and he's a very extremely convoluted comics <laughs> <Yeah>. history. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, he's supposed to be, like, he wants to do good, but, like, the, the citizens of Asgard hate him. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious if if they do pursue young Avengers, if they just pull him out of this timeline and like throw him on earth and don't even acknowledge like his whole history on Asgard. Um, yeah, they wouldn't have to No, And I mean, so who, who do we have already for, for young Avengers? We have the twins, the Maximoff twins. twins from the Maximoff twins. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Cassie Lang who we know has been recast in, Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Um, so presumably she'll be statue or stinger mm-hmm. um, or stature or stinger. Okay. Um, we have um, Elijah Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Elijah Bradley, Patriot. Mm-hmm. Um, We've missed Marvel. Miss Marvel. And presumably, I mean, unless they're going like a Disney Plus route with it, they would like probably try to use Peter Parker. Okay. But he, I mean, he kind of has the potential to overshadow the rest of the film. Right. Know? But, um, you know, in a team dynamic of Young Avengers, I could see that. Um, or if they eventually introduce Miles Morales, that would be a. I could see, I could see Miles Morales lead, being a part of this, uh, assuming um, it's been a couple of years. And also, presumably, we're, I mean, it was confirmed, but we're getting America Chavez. Yes. America Chavez as well. Um, and, I mean, so we we're getting Kang the Conqueror, but that presumably means we're getting Iron Lad eventually as well, mm-hmm. who is a young version of Kang the Conqueror, who is sent back in time and tries to stop his future self. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> comics. <laughs> that's a that, that yeah, that's a weird convoluted storyline. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, this is definitely interesting. I'd be curious. You can see if they would do some sort of. I mean the the first young avenger story what the villain was kang so i mean (laughs) that's already dealing with timelines and multiverse and all kinds of stuff and america chavez can travel between the multiverse so you could easily see a way that they introduce kid loki into that team so wouldn't be surprised it depends on how the next episode goes if he gets kind of a, a bigger role in it or or what happens i think that'll be telling 
Very interesting to see these Lokis. Um, so what do you, what do you think this alternate reality is where Loki lands? I mean, we see some ruins of New York. Um, I'm thinking I'm, we see the, I've we had see this, the Avengers tower. I've had this question in the back of my mind for, for a, almost a week now we're recording this Sunday night. Um, but I've had this question in the back of my mind for a couple of days and I keep thinking that that was the, that was the New York where Loki succeeded where the Chitari destroyed New York. I thought that too, but after watching some videos and watching the scene again, you, if you look at Avengers tower, it's actually Avengers tower and not Stark tower. Oh, okay. Because it has like the second um, helicarrier pad, not helicarrier, Quinjet pad. Yeah. So on Stark Tower, he just had the landing spot the for one. the suit. Right. In the in the Avengers Tower, there was a spot for the Quinjet. So right. Um, it the design huh. of it matches the Avengers Tower. Now, you could kind of wave that away with alternate realities, or maybe they just kind of grabbed the Avengers Tower and put it there. And but they're usually pretty thoughtful with that kind of stuff. With an Easter egg like that, they would be thoughtful with because I mean, I, I mean, I I know I talked about before where the whole Doctor Strange speculation annoys me, but a, a major detail like that, um, yeah, they would be a little more thoughtful on on putting that in there. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. I didn't notice that or think of that. But I think I. I still think this is a world where Loki succeeded, whether it's later, whether it's earlier, it's, it's, it's possible that somehow the events of age of Ultron happened before the first Avengers in this universe. Yeah, it, definitely. That's what I mean. You can explain it away with yeah. like multiverse shenanigans, mm-hmm. like, um, or I think, you know, if it was Stark Tower, I think people would read into that the opposite way as like confirmation that it is the Chitari battle. So maybe they did it intentionally so that people wouldn't see that coming. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it could be Earth in the timeline where King Loki rules now. Right. Right. Like And I think that's um, where I think that's where what they're getting at. Regardless of mm-hmm. which which tower that is in the background, how they got there, even if it's not the Chitari, mm-hmm. even if it's just Loki coming down and taking over himself that this is the timeline where King Loki rules. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I do kind of disagree with you on the Mobius thing. I don't think they're sent to a reality where all of their, every other variant there is themselves. Okay. I think, I think wherever this is, is a dumping ground for literally everything that's pruned. (laughs) Oh, you I think mean whatever everything. it is, is expansive enough to be just infinite. And that's interesting. Like, no matter. That's why I don't think my theory is that it's not actually New York in the back. I think it's just the Avengers Tower is there because it was pruned in reality and like with the reset charge. And, and this is really where the, there. everything that the reset charges prune mm-hmm. is being sent there. That's interesting. I just think they don't care. I think you're Once right. it's there, I think they're just like, all right, see ya. All right, yeah. see ya. All right, see that ya. That would explain, I mean, we've seen it in a few previews of like a ship dropping down out of the sky that yeah, there's no way that somebody with a baton pruned that. That would have to be a reset charge. Yeah. So I think you're right that this is just a dumping ground for the TVA. And every every person there is left to fend for themselves, essentially. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, my, my, which is kind of weird because if you prune enough people and put them in the same place, eventually they're going to gain up on you. You have to imagine. Yeah. You're going to get one, at least one person that figures out a way to get out of there. Yeah, you would think. And that, it probably is goes back to your earlier point about like their hubris. Yeah. Right. Like they're just like, no one can stop me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone gets pruned while holding a temp pad and that goes with them or something. And that would be disastrous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I think that is going to be their downfall. Like it, they pruned the wrong person at the wrong time. That's <laughs> so interesting. I think Loki, Loki will end up there. I think it's, you know, an easy way to get Mobius back into the fray because they're because it's the possible. Reality. It's possible that thinking about it, your Stark Tower point or I'm sorry, your Avengers Tower point. It's possible. That's the reality. We're Ultron one. Yeah. If that be. is the Avengers Tower. And TVA had to step in and say, no, that's not how this works. And that's why yeah. the, that version of Stark Tower is there, or Avengers Tower is there. Yeah. Huh. And I also, my, my other hope from this is just some other fun cameos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we really could get Throg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if that, if that is the case, then all cards are on the table. Like, yeah, especially when it comes this to, one. yeah. Um, as far as weird cameos like I, I would just love to see i i don't even know what to speculate on at that with that point but i mean probably lots of fun little references we know we're gonna see president loki i don't think that's our loki though maybe he no. just kind of like does like uh runs for whatever their society is going on there and tries to work his way up i, I think that's the case yeah so <laughs> we could get lots of loki references but if it is a dumping ground we could get lots of other references and cameos and it would just be fun to see i i think it, you would have a hard time if we get a colson in an, we get a colson cameo where he didn't yeah. die yeah well that, that's another funny thing to mention really quick is the um the scene of loki getting stabbed was very similar to when he stabbed Col- colson when he yeah. got pruned it reminded me a lot of that, like going through the same spot. And I'm curious to see if that was intentional. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see. Could you imagine though, like, like just an army of Thanos that like yeah. <laughs> had to get pruned because they, they didn't succeed. So like, like there are just societies of variants of one individual. Being. You have tribes like, of different characters that. Well, know, if God. you think about it, that's like kind of what we saw with the multiversal war, like the variants yeah. rising up and like fighting each other. Like, uh, like so, I could just. I would just imagine like an army of Loki versus an army of Thors. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just kind of, I'm wondering if we see other variants of characters we know. And I don't think they'd be played by the characters that we know or the actors we know. Um, no, you, you would have to get weird with it and have and like I, yeah. random cameos through there. And like some recognizable names, some not. Mm-hmm. But like, I like wonder. Hydra Cap would be cool. Yeah. That'd be really yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder though, does is Miss Minutes a variant? That's interesting. So the thought had crossed my mind, like, is Miss Minutes actually the like authority <laughs> at the TVA? Like we haven't seen her in a few Ms. weeks. Minutes? Yeah, and that's what makes me think it's not that. <laughs> Because I think they would have built her up a little bit more since that um, appearance in episode two. Yeah. But 
is this thing like has it been started a long time ago and it's basically just like a clock like it's just this machine <laughs> like nothing more nothing less like i don't know i i had thought of that like it, it uh, an actual metaphysical clock being behind this entire thing would be really interesting yeah but also has potential to be very sloppy if they don't do it correctly does that just that just that undercuts the emotional weight of the show if that's if that's the yeah big bad which is kind of what kang would do too you know like that's how i feel yeah. about it like there there's so much potential with loki being the one behind all of this but hmm. yeah interesting i i did definitely think about miss minutes this week and how she was absent um i i was kind of waiting for her to pop out at some point in the timekeeper's chamber mm-hmm. <laughs> like just in some form um but that didn't happen jokes on us we just did a, a human version of tara strong because mm-hmm. <laughs> he he asked her if she's just a recording or whatever and she's kind of both we had speculated that she knows everything they're gonna say and just kind of has pre-recorded responses for everything but I don't know. I mean, she's the only being that knows, presumably knows everything that's going on at the TVA mm-hmm. that we know so far and we've been introduced to so far. Her and I would say her and Renslayer are the only two that we know of that know everything. But even then, I, I, we don't know for sure that Renslayer knows everything in the way that we do I with Miss Minutes, I feel. I, I think she knows pretty much everything or at least has like her hands everywhere and knows like what's going on. Yeah, probably. She at least knows that they're all variants. Mm-hmm. So, I, and presumably because she was a hunter, she's a variant of someone too. Right. Um, she could be a Kang variant. That would be interesting. That would like be he, really he, interesting. Oh, he did the same thing, like fell in love with himself. Mm-hmm. Like just like Loki. That could be a nice way for them to bring Kang in. Mm-hmm. That's in. That's really interesting. I like that. We'll see that's not an official call just more of a wandering thought but i'm gonna have to think about that one a little bit more because they've now laid the seeds for that uh, but that's not really like kang's thing i don't think i don't know but yeah i i am super excited for next week's episode in just a few short days <laughs> this has been this has been a trip this show i love yeah. it so much I love it. This so is much. great. This is definitely the best of the three we've gotten so far. So we did forget about our uh, big world building Easter egg of the week, mm-hmm. um, where Mobius mentions that we've quote we've brought in Cree Titans and vampires before to the TVA. So that's our first official mention of vampires in the MCU, aside yeah. from Korg's joke in Ragnarok, <laughs> which none of us expected that to be a real thing. And now right. that we have. Um, now that we have blade definitely coming and morbius mm-hmm. is is up in the air on what that is um we now have vampires in the mcu this is going to get fun mobius dropped our morbius reference yes <laughs> but yeah it's real really uh really interesting i would assume that the titans he's referring to is meant to make us think that there are thanos variants that they brought in it would almost have to be um but Cree is just another another reminder that the Cree exists, presumably to make a big impact on this phase with you know probably having a hand in Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. the Marvels, Secret Invasion, like 
I think there's there's a lot of Cree that we're going to be getting, so they're just kind of saying, "Hey, these these guys are still out there." <laughs> um, but yeah, one uh, one last thing I want to mention is um, I think to to this point, you know, Sam Wilson continues to prove his theory correct, where everything that they fight are uh, one of the big three: <laughs> wizards, aliens, or androids. Yes. <laughs> Yep. I mean, yep. we got androids in this episode, right? Yep. And if Loki's behind it, it's a wizard. Yep. <laughs> and an alien. Yep. Same. <laughs> and now, and now they have to worry about vampires. And now they have to worry about vampires. He now they're now they're up to the big four. Yep. Don't even know it yet. <laughs> they don't even know it. <laughs> How naive. <laughs> All right, Jared. Well, I think that's about a wrap on episode four of Loki, the Nexus event. I would make say sure, so. <laughs> make sure to join us uh, next week for our review and reaction of episode five. I'm sure it's going to be just as exciting as things start to ramp up towards towards the end of Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, also, to make make sure to check your podcast feed for our Black Widow preview, which mm-hmm. we'll be posting um, around the same time as this episode. Um, so make sure to give that a listen before Black Widow shows up in theaters this week and we will be back uh like i said next week for episode five of loki as well um and we'll be doing our review and reaction of black widow after our return to the theaters all right (laughs) have a great week for jared i am john we'll see you next time